This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's what it sounds like when Brian Kenny just craps on your idea. Right there. That right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Brian Kenny from MLB Network. Some of us think outside the box, you know? All right, why don't You're you, going to uh, take some heat when you think outside the box. Okay, why don't you re-ask your question here? Okay. And then we have to we have to send Rami to hot take court. After so there was a report, I believe it was John Heyman, who said that there could be a couple of hurdles to clear in getting Madison Bumgarner to Minnesota. One is location. Not a lot you can do about that unless you're willing to relocate the whole team. And I don't think that helps any of us, so we'll just bypass that. And the other hurdle to clear is league, meaning... Madison Bumgarner is a guy who likes to hit. He's one of the better hitters among pitchers. I know that's still not good compared to professional hitters, but he's one of the better hitting pitchers in Major League Baseball. And I was walking my dog this morning and trying to come up with a solution, and some of my best ideas come to me when I'm walking my dog in the morning. And I was like, man, how do you clear this hurdle that this guy wants to play in the National League and hit? And I was overthinking it. It's very simple. You let him hit. You just let Madison Bumgarner hit when he starts for the Minnesota Twins every fifth day. Very, that's it. Boom, done. We just over. Yeah, we, just cleared, yeah. we just cleared that hurdle. Hurdle yeah. cleared. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing you asked Brian Kenny because it was a yes or no question. You must have asked him. I said, "Is, is that this, a ridiculous I said, idea? Is this stupid?" Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. All right. Not if you're the Twins, man. You can make a case if you're some team that trots out like their backup second baseman as the DH. You know, that's fine. But the Twins are not doing that. Give them some credit. In fact, they're the opposite of that. They're, they're rolling out lumber at DH every time out. So if that's the case, wish Madison Bumgarner the best in his new endeavors. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. Yeah. Bad boys, bad boys, watch 
I think I think I have I think I have representation in Judd Zolgat. I yeah, think he was, I was on board with this idea. I was on Score North Live in hour one before Wait, Brian what? came on. Thank you. You're both involved in this together. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's yes. ridiculous. What do you mean? If this is the hurdle, if this is the hurdle to the deal. Wait a second. Wait a second. Just hold on, Judge Mackey here. <laughs> I need a gavel. No, no. <laughs> I need a gavel. No, you're well, not. Listen to what I'm really proposing. You're not All a right. judge. You're the cop. Okay. And sometimes cops are wrong. I'm not, I'm not great at role play. Every fifth day, every fifth day, Madison Bumgarner is going to get probably two at bats. Two at bats. That's all you're taking away from Nelson Cruz. Two at bats every fifth day. And if it's more than that, that means you're scoring a ton of runs. If the pitcher spot is coming up more than twice I mean, first of all, in if, the five or six if, innings that Madison Bumgarner all, is on the mound. If I'm dropping $100 million yeah. on a starting pitcher, yeah. I want, in theory, for his theoretical spot in the batting order to come around more than twice when he when he pitches, okay? He's, you don't pitch pitchers well, more than five or six innings the in 2019-2020. The one flaw the one flaw to our, our theory here, our philosophy about Mad Bum, though, uh, being in the lineup is once he's in, you can't instate the DH. So when he comes out, the pitcher has to hit still. Oh, pitcher has to hit the whole game. Yeah, you I can't, didn't know about you can't this put, rule. You can't put Cruz in, then you... you the second that you turn in the lineup without the DH, you forfeit the DH but for the game. But you know what you can do, Judd. What? Tell me. Double switch. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, this guy's oh, better. Wait, this Rocco, guy's even I'm better. I quit the show. Rocco has to manage a game? Yes! So yes! You're, oh! Right! So pitcher spot comes up. Right there. Boom! Pitcher spot comes up. You pull a double switch. You move the pitcher this spot all, to a different spot. This is all it took for you to quit. This Boom! Is, this is lunacy. This is all it took for you to quit. This, this is the final straw. It was that I, easy. It yeah. Is, it is now Judd and Rami. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be associated <laughs> Judd with, with Rami level of drivel. That's a great word, by the way. So I, like I got to be honest. Like, so when when I heard when I caught wind of this take here, uh-huh. uh, this Rami Makhlouf mm-hmm. uh, hot take police episode take, I thought, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely. I haven't watched. I, mean, I definitely remember a few seasons where like Mad Bum was hitting bombs, and it's it's definitely a thing that Mad Bum can hit. Right, sure. that's like that's definitely been part of his career going yeah. back ten plus years. Right, I was shocked at how bad of a hitter he was relative to the league when I went and looked this up. Now, again, like relative to other pitchers, this might be okay. He's a one seventy seven career hitter with a two twenty eight career on base percentage. He's terrible. He's a pitcher. I don't expect him to be a good hitter. That's not what I'm Period. looking for. But, but you are. You're okay. looking for him to bat like 90 times. Hold on a second, season. though. Wait, wait, wait. We're forgetting the I'm most. I'm out on Bum if that's We're the forgetting case. the most important part of the play. You tell him in December, of course you can hit for us. Then you give him this multi-million dollar contract, which, of course, in 2019 includes probably a full no trade, no move, right? No trade clause. And then come April, you're like, you know what, Madison, we've thought about it. And it was a really cute idea. Sorry. Yeah, how's that going to go over, you're, though? What's he going to say? Trade me? You're going to say, sorry, dude, you got a full no trade? Can't move you. But here's the thing. Like, the, I think that I, I think I, I think see the problem. I think that part of it can be. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Okay, let's go back to this for a second. Then. So are you willing, with a team that's, that's still going to win games primarily because of its offense, if it's mm-hmm. the highest... Scoring team in Twins history. All the more reason you can do this. You have the firepower. <laughs> you have the firepower to do it. Dude, you're literally putting an automatic out in the lineup. No, you're putting 70 plate You're putting today. an out seven, uh, 83 times out of every 100 at-bats. So when the Yankees come knocking, and who was their DH last year? Edwin Encarnacion? Mm-hmm. 
and you're going to run into a. So what, are you going to are you going to keep this going in the playoffs? I mean, you're you going to the playoffs with Madison Bumgarner, and you're going to be like, "Hey, we promised him." You might tell Sorry, him, you might tell him, you might tell him not in the postseason. <laughs> okay, you might say not in the postseason. <laughs> I think you pull it back as soon as you can. But if it gets him here, I don't care. I listen. If I'm if I'm the officer here, it's not just a warning for both you guys. You guys, you guys are both in the back of my hot take squad car right now. I don't understand Cuffed, the problem. Hold on. I don't to understand get the problem. Hold on. I was in the back seat drunk, officer. This is not my fault. <laughs> this is Rami's problem. <laughs> I'm gonna ride home. under the bus that fast. I'll call my wife. Wow. She can pick me up. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Hot take Damn. cops is recorded on location with the Imagine men and women of sports talk. With All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court. But the other part to this Mad Bum thing, and there's so much to get to on the hot stove, and we're going to go through it here in just a second. But because the twins are also apparently in trade talks with teams about one of their star players, which is an interesting development, not a shocking one. But the other part to this equation that I just Continue to be baffled by, like the location thing. The location thing. Uh, do do people say that about Chicago? Like, oh, the weather is. Like, I don't. I don't ever hear. I don't ever hear hangups about New York's weather. Is it? Is it that the city's not big enough? Like, why? Why would I don't buy it? I I think it's a it, it's an easy agent uh, Scott Boris type of thing to always sort of float that to national reporters to try and drive salary right because. As I said uh, on Score North Live today, all right, San Francisco I totally get. San Francisco is a great city. It's a fun city. I'm sure it's a great place to play. But do you really want to tell me that a southern guy like Mad Bum, who is an outdoorsman, is more tempted by Los Angeles, California, which, which, as I said before, is just a cesspool, or here? It's not even close. He can fish here. He can hunt here. By the way, his living time in the Twin Cities would be essentially April 1st through, what, October? If that, if yes. you're fortunate? Okay, so think about that for one second. If you're mad bum, do you really think to yourself, you know where I'd love to be? L.A. L.A. is where I want to be. The only places in California that I think I would desire to be probably would be San Francisco and maybe maybe like a San Diego I think the location thing is an easy crutch for agents who are trying to drive prices. I don't buy it for one second. It could be. It's just it, and, and like you just said, the time that you're in Minnesota, all right. So basically, you're in Florida from mid February until the beginning of April. Okay, the first few weeks in April, it could be seventy. It could be forty. It's a wide range. I'll I'll give you that, dude. It's been winter seven of the eleven months that I've lived here. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's been a rough one. It's been it's been winter seven of the eleven months that I've lived here. It's been rough. It has. It's, it's been, been rough. But <laughs> those the, other months the, were great. The four months that it's not are basically oh, those are, but those are like the four months that Mad Bum would be Beautiful. living here. Yes. May, June, July, August, <laughs> September. And okay, October, it gets a little dicey sometimes, but that's good. Now you're playing baseball in October. So I don't really understand. There's a bunch of stories though. I'm on MLBTraderMers.com right now. And today has been, this is the most glorious period of hot stovery in years. I mean, I don't know what Rob Manfred said to that group of owners, because they had a conversation, I think it was like two, maybe just after the World Series, so like a month ago. And he was pushing aggressively for, let's, come on, like, the NBA has a week of action, the NFL has a week of action, let's not let these big-name dudes sit out on the free agent market until, well, in some cases, June, for God's sake. It's a bad look. 
And I kind of thought, oh, the owners are going to be like, eh, well, we're not going to, sorry, we're not going to pay $300 million for free agents. And they are. And guys are flying off the board. And here's the latest on the Twins, according to uh, MLB trade rumors. To this point, the Twins have already been rumored to be pursuing a reunion with Sergio Romo, so we know that. Uh, they're also in a crowded group with interest in bounce-back targets. Is it pronounced Blake Trinan? The guy yep, who was lights Trinan. out for the A's. He was an all-star a couple uh, years ago. Yep, bad year last year. But here's a few more names. Bullpen names for the Twins. The Twins have also looked into free agents Daniel Hudson, Steve Ciszek, and Will Harris, according to our guy Doogie. And... Dellen Batonsis. I just saw that before we started. Stud Yankees reliever. Did you say? Most often. Did you say stud? More often. Oh, stud. Sorry. <laughs> He's a stud. Um, how would you guys feel if they didn't land a stud starting pitcher? Stud. <laughs> but they landed a stud reliever, like a Dellen Batonsis, who, by the way, uh, has a career 2.36 no. ERA. No, he was no, hurt from no, last year. no, I want a starter. Okay. No, Stop. I want a starter. I don't want a. I don't want it to be a reliever. I don't. Your, your bullpen is actually probably pretty fine. Uh, I don't want to try and get by with a couple of cheaper bats because I could. No, I want a starter. Let me make this very clear. I have high hopes for the Twins in 2020. That starts with having a guy in the rotation above Barrios. I want a starter. Opening day too. Yes, I want to start. You want to start. You... I don't want to fool around with all these other. Well, we got this guy in the bit. No, I want I'm a with starter. Judd. I'm with Judd. They need to add one more starter who you can either slot ahead of or right behind Jose Barrios. They need a starter of that caliber by any means necessary. Honestly, it's- if they landed Dallas Keuchel and Dylan Batonsis, if it was Madison Bumgarner and uh, no reliever, or Dallas Keuchel, and and if we assume that... So Batonsis is coming back from like a torn Achilles or something. Yeah, he so was out for most of last year. Got to figure out if he's going to be fully healthy. But if you think he's going to be fully healthy... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I might lean toward Dallas Keuchel and a lights out stud. Stud. Well, the hey, Keuchel, the Keuchel one's intriguing because Wetmore talked about that extensively on Score North Live today. And Wetmore's whole thing is Keuchel's not a great fit for this team because this team doesn't feel very well, which I think is a sort of a lame cop out because I, I expect their I expect their fielding to be improved. I would hope in 2020. I also think that we're. In, in an era where the ability to know and to be good at shifting should get you around that. So the Keuchel's not a good fit here thing, I don't buy, because you can't, I don't think that you can go into next year saying, we're good at a lot of stuff, but you know what we really can't do again? Field. That sort of bothers me. And also, if you're a ground ball pitcher, like you, the the data shows that ground balls are a very good thing. Even with bad infields, a ground ball is a good thing. It does a it's probably an out, and even if it doesn't, it's not going to score any runs. A ground ball might squeak through an infield for a single. That's that's about all you could yeah. do on a ground ball. That doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. I think I would be more worried in today's age with all the shifting the Twins are doing. You can you can shift to cover up for not all defensive efficient uh, deficiencies because we've seen Miguel Sano even like with shifts. Hey man, you're going to stand over here and he still can't bend over fast enough to pick up a ground ball. But I'd be more worried about fly ball pitchers with a plotting outfield and the Twins don't have that. The Twins have a good outfield defense. Unless, unless reckless speculation. They trade one of their starting outfielders. And this comes across from MLB.com's Mark Feinsand. The Twins are discussing Eddie Rosario with several clubs around Major League Baseball right now, and the Marlins are the only team that has surfaced as an actual team on the list here. Otherwise, we don't know which teams, but apparently the Twins have begun holding conversations with teams about Eddie Rosario. 
I don't know what you're going to get, though. I don't. I think Eddie Rosario, I think he means a lot to us here in the Twin Cities and to Twins fans because he's sort of the heartbeat of the Bomba movement from, from 2019. But if you're objectively looking at him as a player, he doesn't get on base very often. He's kind of a loose cannon, super streaky guy. He's not really a center fielder, so he's, he's, a, he's a corner outfield guy who doesn't really get on base and hits for some power and drives in some runs, but like his production is very streaky. There are a lot of guys like that. There isn't a Correct. high demand for Eddie Rosario. He means way more to the to Twins the right, yes. and the fan base than he would to like the Marlins or some other random team. So what's the trade then? Because if, if you're going to get a, a pitcher that you can trust and, and you can put into the one or two slot... And Rosario's going to be traded. It's got to be Rosario is is an integral and key piece to that trade. But then what's the rest of the trade from the Twins' perspective? Because you're not going to trade Rosario for that pitcher and be done. There's no way. that teams. No. Actually, you're not getting that pitcher we're talking about trading Eddie Rosario. Actually, you know what? You might have made, you might have been able to pull that trade off in 2002. Right? There's a lot of things you could pull over no, I know. Pull off in I know. 2002. But teams aren't. But the point being is... Teams aren't going to say, oh, Rosario, oh boy, here's pitcher A. They're going to say, okay, we like Rosario, we'll take him, and now we need this prospect or this chip. It's got to be, I would guess, a, a package from the Twins that involves Rosario and a piece or two besides him. Yeah, the other thing, too, if you trade Rosario, it's not like you have, I know you've got a stocked farm system of young outfielders right now. You've got Alex Kirilov and Trevor Larnick and uh, Brent Rookers. You've got guys, but and even Royce Lewis was playing center field in the Arizona Fall League. But none of those guys are ready unless unless someone absolutely crushes in spring training unexpectedly as a as a major league invite and the light bulb goes on right away. None of those guys are really ready to just step in and be your starting left fielder or right fielder at the start of the 2020 season. So uh, I just I I'm all for trading pieces if it's going to get you pitching help back in return and if it's going to make your team better. I'm like I would not shy away from trading Eddie Rosario and I would definitely not shy away from trading a guy that I don't think you're going to sign long term. That's another piece to this puzzle. Eddie Rosario is not signed to a contract. Byron Buxton's not signed to a contract. They're just under team control for a couple more years. It's not like Polanco and Kepler where those guys are locked up for seven years now. And so if you're not going to sign Eddie Rosario long term, this would be the best time to trade him. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to take too much away from the team that won 100 games last year. You don't want to just trade Rosario for some prospects and then cross your fingers going into 2020. Whatever his value is because of what he is and who he is. Like I said, there are a lot of Eddie Rosarios available via trade or free agency. I don't think his value is that high relative to the market. Is it as high as it's going to be, though, for the Twins in terms of sending him away in a trade? Because that... It, Probably. I would think it probably is. Yeah. So you're right. This is the time. With the control, the answer is yes. This is the time to sell on Eddie Rosario. I just got hit by a thought. Play play it again, please. Reckless spe- oh speculation. Boy. I just got hit by a thought. Reckless speculation. Okay. This honestly just came to me. The Twins put a premium on guys playing multiple spots, right? And, and their ability to, and we might disagree with this, but to move guys. What if they're planning to trade Rosario and, I don't know, a prospect for pitching, move young second baseman Luis Arise. to left field where he played more and more last year and move Polanco to second base and introduce or, or have Gordon start next year at second base, but have the plan be Lewis is going to be your shortstop here. 
speculation. The Arise piece to left field, I, I, I know it sounds crazy at first, but I could actually see it judging by how much they started to use him there last year. I would actually rather just move Luis Arise. Got Sorry, my, I got, got, got me clearing my throat. I'm <laughs> off guard there. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. I'll give you more heads up next time I say Luis Arise. Now you caught me drinking coffee. Come on, man. You're setting me up. Making me look bad. I'd almost rather just move Luis Arise <laughs> to third base. There we go. To third, because I, okay. I, he was uncomfortable in the outfield. I agree and completely. Moving outfield to infield, infield to outfield. I'm not saying I like of, my idea. I'm saying it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a good idea or that it's, you know, it's not even a competent idea. Um, I, I, they do value guys who can move around. Yeah. And, but I, but I think there's a line to be drawn at some point. Like, there's diminishing returns when you put Marwin Gonzalez at certain positions over others, right? When you put Luis Arise in left field, it's cool that he can do that. There's not a lot of guys that can just do that, right? You're not going to put Jason Castro in, le- in center field or something. Right. So the fact that he can even do that in a major league game is valuable, but in terms of long term, that would just be a stopgap for me. If, if you thought that would bridge the gap to June and all of a sudden now, okay, I'm, Trevor Larnick is ready. That's, what I'm, that's ready. what I'm saying. It, it wouldn't be long term. It, it would be a way to get to get guys out there, though, consistently probably in April yeah. and May. So uh, here's a uh, uh, Chad tweets in a question here, loyal listener Chad, and I I haven't – I wonder if I can find this real quick here. MLBTraderMers.com. Um, apparently Nolan Arenado – has been made available by the Colorado Rockies. Yes. Did you guys see that story? I did see that story. Here it is. This is from um, John Heyman, MLB Network. The Rockies are willing to listen to trade proposals regarding third baseman Nolan Arenado. In their public statements, at least, the Rockies' top decision makers have been steadfast in saying they intend to press for contention in 2020. That's complicated by a tight budgetary picture, and we can't ignore... Uh, what the team has said to fans at this point. But it's also important to note, Nolan Arenado has a full no-trade clause under the massive extension he just signed a year ago. He just signed an extension in February. Uh, but he's 28 years old. You could argue he's one of the three best players in baseball. He's a power hitter. He's one of the best defensive third basemen we've seen ever, all time. He's Brooks Robinson, Scott Rowland level good defensively. Um, this is the type of guy and Francisco Lindor in your division. Those are the types of guys I would consider trading Royce Lewis for, or name your top prospects. I would too. And I think the Twins should pick up the phone and see what the asking price is. If a guy like this is available, he's in his prime, and you're ready to drop a bunch of money on a free agent pitcher, anyways. So you're willing to spend some money. This is the type of money I would rather absorb than like. You know, overpaying on a five or a six year contract for a guy who's going to be out of his prime in two or three years. No, you definitely send that text and see what it would take, and if he's willing to trade, is willing to waive his no trade clause. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. A player like that hits the market. Every team in baseball should be sending that text and seeing what it would take to get him in their in, a, in their uniform. Yeah, I mean, like, so this is the question that Chad tweeted at us. So Nolan Arenado has been made available. At least, hey, we're going to listen on this, right? John Gray is the starting pitcher that we brought up a few months ago on this show. Former number 3 overall pick. He's been a good pitcher for the Rockies, but he hasn't had the breakout yet. He sort of has Garrett Cole written all over him. Just a former top draft pick that's in the wrong organization. Go to a smart place, and you break out, and the strikeouts come. If you wanted... So apparently those guys are both available, right? And John Gray has, I want to say, two years left of team control. Nolan Arenado has like six years because he just signed a contract. 
it would for sure cost you Royce Lewis, a top pitching prospect, probably Alex Kirloff. Let's say it was Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, and your top pitching prospect. And like Eddie Rosario, just to like float some money back their way. Mm -hmm. Are you guys willing, with this core right now, to give up the three best prospects that ideally would be around for the next 10 years in a Twins uniform if they panned out? For Nolan Arenado and John Gray. Your top three prospects? Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, and oh, like boy. let's say Jordan Belazovich or I gotta look at whoever your whoever the top pitching prospect is with the twins. I I gotta see what, what Gray has left officially to before I, I believe it's two years of of team control. Oh boy. I'm seriously considering it just because you're getting Arenado for the long term. And he if makes thirty five million by the if way. If he'll waive that no trade clause, you got him for the long term. That's the only reason I would consider it. But Speculation. I don't. I don't know. I could do that much. I, I'd struggle with that one. I'm in. By the way, I think I, I, I do it. I You're think, in. I th- I'm in. I think I prefer. You've been known to be a prospect hoarder. I know. You're I know. in. Huh? Dude, I'm in. I wow. just gave up. So yeah. I, I basically just. So I gave up my top two prospects and a top pitching and my top pitching prospect. Yes. John Gray, by the way, has, uh, has two years of two years yeah. of team control. He's 27 years old. Both dudes are in their prime. Man, he's, uh, um, boy. At some point, mm. at some point, well, at some you got to hit the gas, man. Oh yeah, I'm with gas. you. But to me, I'd rather, I'd rather pay, and go the free agency route, than give up that many, that much. But yeah, I mean it's close because Arenado's a great player. I like him a lot. I mean John Gray blows out his arm tomorrow. You still have a top of the line third baseman, and that's the thing. Like any of these. Pitching prospects could blow their arm out tomorrow too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, look how good Kyle Gibson was in the minor leagues. I'm more and con- look what he turned out to be. I'm more concerned about um, giving up my top two prospects from a position perspective than I, I am the pitching prospect. Yeah. The pitching prospect, I don't. But like no, Nolan Arenado is a Hall of Fame player, and yeah. the Rockies are the Rocky. I don't know why, but like the Rockies have said, according to John Heyman, yeah, we're, we'll 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 listen on this guy. You're you're gonna listen on a on a 27 year old dude who's headed for the Hall of Fame. How about okay? I have a similar package for you. I love this. Is great. Reckless speculation. This is great. Chris Bryant and Jose Quintana. Wow. And same return that Phil said. Yeah. Wow. How old is Jose Quintana? I want to say he's about twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Hold on, Arenado's better than Bryant. Hold and and Bri- debatable. Well, Bryant Bryant's control is what though because he's got the grievance going. Quintana's thirty, by the way. What's, right. What's well, Bryant's control as it stands, two more years. If he wins his grievance, one more year. Oh boy, I don't know. I would. I, I would do the Rock. Up, I do the Rockies deal before I did that one. I would trade for those guys, but I wouldn't give up as much as I would give up for John Gray and okay. Nolan Arenado. All right. So is Bryant going to be moved almost certainly, or is this just uh? It's sounding it's sounding more and more likely every day from everything I'm reading and hearing. Because he's going to get paid sooner? Yeah, because they they don't they don't think when time comes that he's going to hit free agency and Boris won't talk extension because he's got Boris pre him, him hitting free agency. Okay. They don't think they're going to be interested in giving him the type of deal that he's going to be looking for. And they already won a World Series with him too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't feel as guilty giving a guy up. <laughs> I think Just I'm taking the Rockies deal. Boy, if I have to do one of those two, I think I'd, I'm more intrigued by Gray and Arenado than I am by Bryant and Quintana. Good session there, boys. Good. Reckless speculation. Good session. Especially my idea about Bumgarner. Is Rosario the, the Twins left fielder on opening day this year? This season, coming season. 
I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think you guys are right. I think he gets moved. Do the Twins wind up with Madison Bumgarner this winter? I say no. I'm saying no. I also say no. I'm disappointed in them. I'm hurt, but I say no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was that was great right there. I'm exhausted. Holy cow! I need a cigarette. That was wow. It's not. <laughs> it's not that I don't like you. It's I'm disappointed in you. Sports Dad will give that talk to the Twins. <laughs> Six five one six four six eight two five five. If you want to have a chat with Sports Dad Judd Zulgad, or if you have any uh, any trade scenarios you want to run by the group here, yeah, we're, we're open for business. Open for business, baby. The winter meetings. We are should be in San Diego. Do you know the business that we could could get done right now well, in there, San Diego? I mean, it's all it's hotel. all, but it's all actually happening. Like this is nothing happened really at the winter meetings last year. Now we have a record. We're going to talk about the Garrett Cole contract later in the show. I feel like Tumbleweeds literally blew through the, the winter meetings last year. Yes. Where were they last year? They, they were, were in uh, Scottsdale, I believe. Oh, boy. Man. Just, uh, it was just Brian Kenny and Jeff Passon in an empty lobby with Tumbleweeds last year. And now, we've got, now we've got guys signing for half a billion dollars. I love almost. that Brian Kenny is probably in a lobby somewhere at the winter meetings going, you want to hear what this idiot in Minnesota yeah. asked me today? <laughs> Probably no wonder is. nobody wants to go there. <laughs> and we've been watching all the coverage. We got MLB Network on the TCL 55 inch Roku TV right now, where uh, they've got San Diego in the background. You got I don't know. You got guys shooting baskets on a weird hoop. I don't know what they're doing. They're very squirrely because there's all kinds of action down there. So TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand and is the official studio sponsor here at Score North. TCL is also giving you a great chance to see our friends, the Timberwolves. Struggling lately, but still a fun watch. You can head to scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R-North.com, and enter keyword TCL in the keyword box, and you can win four tickets to see the Timberwolves from a TCL theater box at Target Center as they take on the Cleveland Cavs on December 28th. The most coveted new offering in the world of premium seating, that would be the TCL Theater Boxes with dramatic views, a VIP experience unlike any other, five-star cuisine, a lounge area, oversized chairs. It's a great spot to watch a game. Scorenorth.com, keyword TCL. Mackie and Jub with Rami back with 25 straight minutes on the other side here. Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by Tondrick Financial. Score North has already run contests for $50,000 in cash. And we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards, and gift cards to local restaurants, and much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North mobile app available for free in the Apple or Google Play stores. Mike Zimmer, speaking to the media today, talked about what he will see in Philip Rivers, or what Vikings fans will see in Philip Rivers this weekend. Yeah, he. You know, it's surprising. You know, he's 38 years old. He's very, very smart. He's always been. He's always been very smart. He's always been a great competitor. Um, you know, you you'd think that at some point the arm strength would go down a little bit, but he hit uh, a couple bombs in that game. He's and he's going to throw the ball uh, in the tight tight spaces. He's going to give the receivers a chance. Um, and really, in that game, uh, you know, there was a couple guys coming over over the middle open, and he. He took the shot down the down the middle. So if if he sees one guy running with one guy, he's going to give him the opportunity to go get it. And, and they made you know a couple tremendous plays there. He also had a you know there was a play where they snuck the tight end out. It was wide open one time too. That's been your score north download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Mackie and Judd with Rami here. Score north, score north app, and every time we start talking, we go for twenty five minutes on this show. 
we uh, we don't mess around with a bunch we of don't shut up here. We no. do not shut up. You put up. a quarter in us and we'll probably give you something <laughs> stupid like, uh, you know, having Madison Bumgarner hit 90 times in the season or we'll uh, give you something profound. Is it stupid or is it brilliant? Hopefully we find out. I would love if that was if that was the thing that they stole. MLB from Network this show. thinks you're stupid for it. So. One guy at MLB Network thinks I'm stupid. What are we just going to have the rest of MLB okay. Network come on? I would like to North Live I would like tell to poll the dumb? staff at MLB Network to see if it's really think, that bad of an idea. Think about the potential for a double switch. It makes me want to bring a oh, tear to my oh, eye. Man, a double switch. Oh, There's man. a pecking order in here somewhere. The most obscure things in sports that you irrationally love, and the double switch would be on that list for Judd for sure. Manager comes out. Taps the left arm, points to left field, gets the left fielder out, new left fielder in. Takes the note so card great. to the umpire. Southpaw, has to explain for a half hour so what's happening. Great. Southpaw Bye. comes in from the bullpen. Oh, the organ man. plays. Mm. The organ plays. baseball da, porn. Da, da, baseball porn. Great. Well, that, that, I think Judd just nailed the storyboard for the new Major League Baseball promo campaign. <laughs> to try to get young people on board. Hey, kids, watch the organ play for 10 minutes while the manager tries to explain what a double switch is. Well, the manager in full uniform for some reason. And it's just filming just no one moving on the baseball field for three minutes, and that's the entire commercial break. You know what? The campaign, if you loved your grandparents, you'll love this. <laughs> Ergo, if you don't love your grandparents, you don't love this. Major League Baseball, nope, everybody. let the kids play. Yeah. Uh, so Judd has prepared a list for us here. Vikings... Probably have to run the table to win the division. Chargers this weekend, Packers, Bears. And going into this game this weekend, Kirk Cousins is ranked very highly in a lot of different categories. Uh, he's uh, eighth or ninth in QBR. He's number two in the NFL in traditional passer rating, behind only Ryan Tannehill, which is amazing the season Ryan Tannehill's been having. <laughs> that like is, ridiculous. That resurgence. is remarkable. Ryan Tannehill also leads the NFL in yards per attempt with 9.8. Oh. Uh, Kirk is third on that list, but Kirk Cousins is ranked in the top three or the top eight in a lot of different statistical categories. So why don't you give us your list, and and you've been preparing this for Vikings Ventline, but we're going to hijack this. Yeah. Today I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Yes. Give us your list of quarterbacks that you would take one game and one game only right now with yes. all the chips on the table. And where does Kirk Cousins rank for you right now? And for, first of all, just to be clear, with all due respect to Tannehill, he's not going to be near the top of my list, okay? He's going to get paid. That's a guy I was... I, I was, just I can't I do it. I was just doing this mental exercise in my head, and that was a guy where I was like, D- would I? I think I might. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know. Wow. I wouldn't. I couldn't. Can't do it. Seen too much. And plus, it's been in Tennessee. Anyway, all right. Number one on my list. So right now, as you said, Phil, guys that I would take one game, and we're talking right this second. So we're not talking two years back. Mm-hmm. We're not talking. And, and just to clarify, are we talking about one game with the Vikings car? or I think we're talking one game with a good offensive car. Okay? So okay. It, it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be. But it's it's solid. It's a, it's a good, competent car. you got some weapons. It, yes, exactly right. Okay. Number one on my list right now, Lamar Jackson. He's been phenomenal. Number two on my list, and this is very close, Patrick Mahomes. Number three in one game right now, I still take Russell Wilson. Heck, three might be selling him short, but I put him third. Number four, I love this kid, Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Number five, let the debate begin because you can find flaws here, but I'm still a big fan, Dak Prescott. Wow. 
Yeah, that's a, that was a tough one, but I, I'm a big fan. Number six, Drew Brees. Okay. And I'm part that's partially hmm. colored by what I saw or by what, what transpired against the Niners on Sunday. Because up until then I was sort of getting I was, is Brees still the same guy, but that performance statistically is impressive. Uh so that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Next up on my list, boys, Kirk Cousins. Wow. Wow. Aaron Rodgers, Brady, the Tannehills of the world, right now, one game. I'm putting cousins above them. And Bray, and by the way, to me, the more the more we watch, and, and I know that we've gone down this path before, so who knows? In three weeks, I might be proven completely wrong. The more I watch Brady right now, the more he's starting to at least look that age. Uh, the Rodgers one you could debate, but we talked about this, Phil, a month ago. And nothing's really changed me. Kirk Cousins right now, this second, is a better option to me not long term, not way back when, but right now, than Rodgers. Let me make sure. Can you go over your list one more of time? Course. I just want to make sure we're on the so, same page. So these page are here. quarterbacks, one game and one game only right now. Who would you take? With a good car. So a good offensive car. All well, things being equal. Yes. You're going to plop these guys in the yeah. middle of an offense. So I'm not saying it's right. all the KC offense. I'm not. Okay. All variables being equal. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Mm hmm. Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. Breeze, uh-huh. Cousins, and then Rodgers, Brady fall after. How are you seventh on your list? I'm in agreement with all of those, and I still got to put, and I could be 100% wrong on this, just going, just going on history, and my brain has been trained to think a certain way when it comes to these two guys. Still got to put Brady and Rodgers ahead of these guys. And I've done plenty of pointing out, the decline of Aaron Rodgers on this show and other shows that I've hosted here on Score North, but you're telling me I need to win one game today? I still have more faith in Aaron Rodgers than I do Kirk Cousins, all things being equal. On my first list, I did the same thing. And then there are two guys who I have a hard time answering this question, and they're probably equal. Ryan Tannehill, who you brought up, and Matt Ryan of the Falcons. I still think pretty highly of Matt Ryan. I just think that the situation around him has eroded. I think that guy can still play quarterback at a very high level. I think people forget how good of seasons Matt Ryan has had in the NFL. Better than anything Kirk Cousins has put. I up hear right you. Now. That's where. All right, let me give you my list, and let's so let's let's put Matt Ryan, let's put uh, Tannehill in a bucket here, and let's. Well, there's going to be a couple other guys that we put in a bucket. So, all right, Lamar, Mahomes. Watson, Russell Wilson for sure. Drew Brees I put ahead for sure. And this is just one game, one game only. I'm putting Rodgers and Brady one game, one game only. I'm putting those guys above Kirk Cousins. For Brady, I'm 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 trusting that putting him in a better car. Like who's he throwing to right now? Can anyone name anyone other than Julian Edelman in that wide receiving core? Like I, I trust that if you're giving him a Stefan Diggs and or a Kyle Rudolph, just a guy that you can throw to in the red zone, you know, just or Stefan Diggs, a guy that you can throw the ball down the field and he's going to catch it over his shoulder and run the right route, that Tom Brady would be back on this list. And even though I think Kirk Cousins is just he, at this point in his Chris is the peak of Kirk Cousins' career, and this might be this is a soft spot in Aaron Rodgers' career, and he's old now. I I think those guys are on pretty equal footing, and by the measurables. Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers right now, but I would I have a hard time just like dismissing Aaron Rodgers from this conversation. So I'm going to put him in this in this ranking. 
But I actually have Kirk above Dak. I won't die on that hill, but I have Kirk above Dak until I just see. I, I feel like Dak has a great car, maybe even a better car in some ways than than Kirk Cousins drives. But a terrible. What would the what would the coach be in the car? The computer for the, the com- engine. Yeah. yeah, it's like I think I don't da- know like, the, about like cars. the dashboard. The dashboard's whacked up. Somebody's driving around right now yelling at us. Like, this, none of this is right. <laughs> Idiots. Did you say the dashboard is whacked up? Yeah, Jason Garrett. Yeah. Your Jason Garrett uh, system in there. I don't think the, the dashboard controls the car. So you're telling me that the, the dashboard w- just says, like... It does at Luther Brookdale Toy, the 694 in <laughs> Brooklyn Boulevard. It just has, like, meters on it to tell you how the car is operating. It's not operating the car. There's a computer inside the car that is running the car. That's why, when you don't know anything about cars, you turn to my friends <laughs> yeah. at Luther Brookdale Toy. I don't think it's the actual dashboard. Brooklyn Boulevard. I, I know very little about cars, but I don't think it, it's the actual dashboard. But what we're saying is, at the very least, the wiper fluid is completely out. Yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, it's one of those slushy days, and you got no wiper fluid, and you're driving, I'm out and you're like, I'm blood. I know, I know. That's dangerous. I know. I'm Be aware, careful, man. Be like, careful. Keep in mind when, when, when you're talking about Matt Ryan, though. It's okay. Let's not go. Let's not go too easy on the guy. He still has Julio Jones at wide receiver. It's uh, is it Austin Hooper, the mm-hmm. tight end that he's had for most of the season, who's one of the top five or six pass catching tight ends. It's not like Matt Ryan is jumping into the uh, the offensive car and it's like, okay, I got a bunch of borderline practice guy uh, squad guys around me. But this is a guy who has won an NFL MVP, has taken his team to the Super Bowl, and isn't necessarily past his his physical prime as far as far as quarterbacks go. A guy with that kind of track record who's still at that age, I gotta take I I gotta at least consider taking him before Kirk Cousins if you're talking about winning one game today. Yeah, but the fact is, I mean, this is kind of the... So we could split hairs on Matt Ryan or Dak Prescott. I mean, we all in this room can... And, and by the way, this room has not... It's not not a bunch of Kirk Cousins homers in this room, right? I mean, we've been as hard on Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. especially Judd and I, as anybody in the market here. And if we consensus think that he's between 7th and ninth in a one-game, which quarterback do you take ranking... That's pretty amazing. And if he's, he's being paid, by the way, seventh or eighth on that list. If you think think about too that conversation, if that conversation, in fact, I think we had it after week four, the Bears game. This guy was probably what fifteenth, fourteenth on that list. And so the only quarterbacks that I think we all definitively agree are Jackson, Mahomes, Wilson, Watson, right? Breeze, probably. Yeah. And a- after that, you're sort of torn at least because Prescott, I I like him. But I could certainly see a case to be made to say Cousins over Prescott right now. And again, Brady, I just don't don't know. Because, Phil, you're right. His offensive um, arsenal is not good. But he also has games where you watch him and it's not the old Brady for sure. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers, you know, at some point in time, some of the disintegration and regression I think is just real. And he's still good. That doesn't make him not very good. But this, but there, there was a a probably lengthy time period where Aaron was otherworldly, and I would say he's not that now. Mm-hmm. I still think he's good, but he's no longer the guy who made passes. And you said, "Oh my gosh, how do you do that?" I don't see that guy consistently. It's just hard. It, it, it's really hard to let go. It, it's also hard to know. Okay, a guy's thirty five or thirty six, or Matt Ryan's thirty four, thirty five. 
is this kind of the end and they're and they're fading right. out? I mean, Brett Brett Favre looked like that for two or three years, and all of a sudden you put in the right situation. Yeah, you've seen quarterbacks and he had the best year of his career when he was forty. You've right? seen quarterbacks have a a dip at the age or stage of career that Aaron Rodgers is in and and return to form. He would he wouldn't be the first. That's why I'm not ready to count that guy out yet. Hey, why did he sign a contract extension? So you, I mean, you you talked about Aaron Rodgers for a decade, mm-hmm. basically his whole career when you're at the fan in Milwaukee, Rami. Yeah. And we, we got there at the same time. Two two great figures in the Wisconsin sport. I couldn't even finish that thought. <laughs> That's a good attempt, though. And, and, and unlike Aaron Rodgers, you went right in in your rookie season. Exactly. You didn't have to sit there for three years right. being mentored, exactly. work on your mechanics, things like that. But but when he signed that contract, I was looking from this side of the, the border fence thinking, okay, terrible defense, bunch of bad draft picks, uh, at the time, they were about to fire Mike McCarthy, or mm-hmm. it was uncertain coaching situation. There's probably 25 teams that would dump their current quarterback situation to bring you on board and win Super Bowls. Why go back? What is the what's the what was the attachment? I think this is this might sound crazy to say, but Aaron Rodgers and has failed at this at times has gone out of his way to not be Brett Favre. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to play his entire career in Green Bay just to have that over Brett Favre, that I was a Green Bay Packer my entire career. I was loyal to this organization. I was loyal to this city. And on top of that, it wasn't just the contract that Aaron Rodgers got when he signed with the Packers. They kind of handed him the keys to the car. I remember him terming it a partnership that he was entering now with the Green Bay Packers with that deal. He called it a partnership between him and the Green Bay Packers. That That's a guy who's saying that I have not not just as as much stake in this as anybody and as much to gain, but also as much at risk and as much to lose when you talk about his legacy and, and how he'll be remembered as, as a football player and in the pantheon of quarterbacks. I think he saw an organization that was ready to hand over the keys to the car to, to him in addition to a record-breaking contract, and he can have it over Brett Favre when you talk about greatest Packers quarterbacks of all time, that he was there day one till the very end. That being said, then, how is he going to take it? And Brett did not take this well when in the next few years here, they either draft or try to transition to to not just a backup who can, hey, hold the clipboard for our guy Aaron, but is perceived as... As an actual as the threat. successor, because you know that the whole thing with Brett was that the mm-hmm. whole thing with Brett was you know Brett was young and they brought in what what had turned out to be some quality backup quarterbacks, but those guys were never truly threats and, and were traded pretty quickly, moved on. But when they brought Aaron in and made that pick, and he fell to what twenty four, twenty three in that draft, Brett rebelled against that from day one because Brett knew that Ted was trying to replace him. So when that happens, when that flips on Aaron, how does Aaron take that? Like I said, sometimes he's failed at it and not being Brett Favre. And I think as he's gotten older and gotten to that stage of his career that Brett Favre was at when what happened, when what you're talking about actually happened. Which is about the same time right now, right? I think he's started to relate to Brett Favre and say, man, I can kind of see why he did act that way. I can kind of see why he did do that. So maybe he changes his mind somewhere down the road, and, and it does get ugly, and there and there is a divorce, and he feels the need to go somewhere else and prove that he can do it 
wearing a different uniform. It wouldn't shock me. I'm just saying that throughout his career, down to the way that he plays the game, I think part of the reason that Aaron Rodgers is so risk-averse is he doesn't want to be known as the guy who throws interceptions in big spots the way that Brett Favre was. That's exactly right. And that's the thing. Like The only thing that Aaron Rodgers is elite at right now is not throwing interceptions. I mean, he has... To his own detriment at times, I think, though, because he won't take those risks. He's so hyper-obsessed with it. It's okay to throw you know, seven, eight, nine interceptions if you're also gaining the upside of extra touchdowns. Uh, real quick here before we dive into other important matters, gentlemen, have you guys been following the NFL 100, the the, the greatest 100 players of all time? I've okay. seen the end of, of, I think, one episode on the linebackers or something. That's it. It is. but So two-part thing here. Part number one. It's an incredible watch. They've they've unveiled almost all the positions. They have wide receiver, quarterback, and I think there might be coach or something. Belichick's be involved, right? In Be- each one. Belichick. It's basically um it's Rich Eisen, I think Chris Collinsworth, and Bill Belichick. Oh, I saw the same panel. Ed and, Reed is the one I saw. Okay. And they're breaking down film from like Belichick is the part of the ago. panel for the whole thing? It's he's part of the commentator panel that it's it's him, Collinsworth, and Rich Eisen that unveil every single week the position groups, the the winners or the the not the finalists, but like the guys who are part of the one hundred. And it's like as happy and gleeful as you'll ever see Bill Belichick, just breaking down old. I've seen some of the clips. It's it's fascinating if you want to see Bill he Belichick seems, uh, in his element breaking down players. What's the word I'm looking for? He seems um, human. Yes. He seems like a human being. What's the yes. word I'm looking for? I've seen. <laughs> he seems like he has a heart and a pulse and feelings and things like that. But the other the other path here is, and I haven't watched all the episodes, and so I've, I've, I've watched some of their explanations for these, but not all of them. They're calling it the 100 greatest players of all time list, but it's a complete sham because they're including very few players in the last 25 years. Really, what they're trying to do is encapsulate, like, oh, like, players from all eras of the NFL. But when you run out a running backs list, for instance, all right, this, this is this is the running backs list. I'm going to give you guys. There are uh, there's actually 12 guys on this list, running backs. So you'll recognize some of them, all right. None of them from the 2000s, unless you want to count Emmett Smith overlap by a few years into the 2000s. So no running backs represented from the 2000s. No Ladanian Tomlinson. No Adrian Peterson, no Marshall Falk, nobody from the 2000s. You have Emmett Smith, you have Eric Dickerson, Earl Campbell, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Gail Sayers. And then you get to uh, all right, Marion Motley. Of course. Running back from the 40s and 50s. Yes. I don't want to disrespect like old-timey guys here. He okay? loved football. Mm-hmm. Steve Van Buren. Dude, Stevie V. Who could forget? And uh, Earl Dutch Clark. From the 1930s. Old Dutchy. Whose peak season was who, who, 763 yards rushing. Who do you play for? The Duluth Eskimos? The Detroit Lions, actually. Ah! Was it the Lions? He played for Detroit. No, they were the Lions. The, the Lions. I was hoping yeah, it was the... the Detroit Lions in 84. I was hoping it was the Duluth Eskimos. The uh, defensive ends list uh-huh. also includes nobody from the 2000s. The, uh, the, in fact, the newest or most recent player on this list is That's Reggie White. Ladanian Tomlinson not on their list? No. Yeah, that's what he said. He said they had nobody Adrian from... Peterson, Marshall Falk. Not on the list. What? Defensive ends. And okay. Marshall Falk was a star in the 90s, too. So, I mean, that's... Honestly, God, there are only two defensive ends that played after 1985 on this list. Okay. 
Bruce Smith, and Reggie White. Otherwise, it's Leroy Selman, Gina Marchetti from the 50s, Deacon Jones, who I don't think anyone would argue with Deacon oh, Jones. Oh, yeah, Rams, Graham. Bill Hewitt from the 30s, and Dougie Atkins from the 50s and 60s. No Michael Strahan, no Julius Peppers, who's like fourth on the all-time How list. How is this even possible? J.J. Watt? Why are not going to put... All due respect to Billy Hewitt. Why? J.J. Why Watt's not on this list? Why wouldn't you do this by breaking it up into eras, too? Yeah, they, It doesn't need to be... Like, it's your 100-year celebration. I totally get it. But why don't you break it up and that means that you can go back in the Wayback Machine and... and Name a group of those. That makes no sense. And I'm not even saying, like, I understand baseball's the only sport that's like, well, if Babe Ruth played today. No, if Babe Ruth played today, he'd get gassed by get Garrett smoked. Cole. Yeah. He oh, would never make contact. Do you know how much fun he'd have, though, with all the great craft beers and bars we have? He would enjoy himself all between the, doubleheaders. Salt and the Swat would love it. So I get that you have to compare across areas and, like, you know, Deacon Jones, if plopped into the current NFL, would be undersized, not strong enough, not fast enough, et cetera, and, like, humans evolve. But to not even represent... <laughs> The 2000s it's, on a list of like in the yeah, greatest era of athletes and performers and television viewing. Right, this is the this is the golden era of the NFL in the last 20 years. We can't get JJ Watt on the damn list. We can't get Ladanian Tomlinson on um, the damn list. You're right. This is why I don't pay attention to lists like this, awards shows. I, I, because I'm just going to get mad because you know what? none of them are. And it's the same thing as like the college football playoff. Anytime you get a committee of people together to reward something they screw it up people will screw up everything because they have agendas they have biases and it's just impossible to get around that list is garbage the that NFL, list is absolute garbage the nfl as currently uh done does no list correctly because inevitably th- that that off-season project of the top 100 players that they do mm-hmm. is always awful and it's voted on by some players, but players are asking about their buddies and how they can put them on the list. This league does no list. Like, this list should be great, and it should be multi-tiered, right? 100 players, so let's pick some old-school players. That's, that's stupid. And part of the reason that they make this list is so that we disagree with it, get outraged, and talk about yeah. it, and I just fell for it. It's true. No, if the, no you would be... No, because we're basically calling it a joke. I think what they'd like is... Hey, here's our greatest players of, of each era, which, by the way, you could break it up to pretty easily. Sure. The eras. And then you could talk about it. Yeah, like in general. Alan Page got left off. To just ignore the 2000s, to yeah. ignore a Marshall Falk. You're naming the best running no, you're, you're right. naming the best running backs of all time. And you're going to ignore Marshall Falk. In general, like if your photo, if your football card photo is like you in a leather helmet, black and white, posing a jump pass in the air, <laughs> probably, not, probably not one of the greatest football players of all time. What's wrong with that? Nice saying. leather helmet. Sounds like an athlete challenge for Judd, actually. Okay, no, never mind. <laughs> Forget football it. card poses. No, then. Curly uh, Lambo. Uh, Rami, you brought this uh, to our attention when we were uh, emailing back and forth earlier today. But uh, a nugget about the Timberwolves' pursuit of D'Angelo Russell that we, I don't think I've seen this. Actually, Actually, uh, Danny corrected me. I I was apparently dyslexic when I was reading that article. I thought that the Wolves had a verbal agreement with uh, D'Angelo Russell, and then the, the Warriors stole him out from under them. Okay. The Warriors had a verbal agreement with D'Angelo Russell, and the Wolves almost pulled off a coup and stole him away from them. I, I had it backwards. Fair enough. But yesterday, Woj came out on the jump, and uh, and this is just before our show started yesterday. And he said, hey, the Timberwolves are back in the market for a point guard. Here's a couple names that make some sense. 
I want to uh, I want to bring some reality to the D'Angelo Russell conversation here. Okay. Get your guys' thoughts on this. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North app. Federated Insurance is one of our partners here at Score North and on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. Federated has been around in Owatonna, Minnesota, helping business owners for over a century. Go back to the early 1900s. You can read all about the history of uh, Federated Insurance at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And one of the cool things uh, about Federated is just how charitable they are. Uh, We've been talking all Gophers football season about the work they do to raise money for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Uh, They donated $1,000 for every forced turnover by the Gophers defense to Big Brothers Big Sisters. They've also raised thousands and even millions of dollars for other causes over the past several years. Uh, $35 million for Big Brothers Big Sisters as part of the uh, Federated Challenge. So they take that charitable spirit and all the work they put in, and they apply that to your business if you're a business owner. Just go check out their website. Again, it's federatedinsurance.com, where you can find a full list of all the industries Federated protects, and that's where you can find your Federated marketing representative to Federated. It's their business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And we will keep an eye on the hot stove here. What's I think the thing about the winter meetings being in San Diego, business doesn't really pick up until right about now. Because like when you wake up in the morning here, whatever six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, like. All these executives, I don't know if people know this about the winter meetings, they all just go get blasted at night. They just go to the lobby bar. That sounds they like just the NFL combine. Yeah. Is that still the case? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like Major League Baseball front offices have gotten more, I'm just going to say boring, a little a little more nerdy. Well, just not as much of well, the... they're not going to have nine cocktails. They'll have, like, they'll have a couple... Are uh, you saying Derek and Thad peel off and go to the hotel bar? I've never seen Derek and Thad in action. I have seen. That's what I'm I have seen Guardian action though. Oh, Guardians! <laughs> yeah, but Guardians right up my like alley. Office, work a room, I feel like front offices are more full of academics now than they ever have been before. And I don't say that in a negative way. I, don't, I just don't see Falvey and Levine, and there are a lot of Falvey and Levines around Major League That's Baseball true. going out and getting blasted every night at the winter meetings. Nerds. You know what we're missing, Phil? <laughs> we completely forgot about this. Hmm. Unprepared. The Sizzler sound. I don't know where I tried to find it for the winter I, meetings. I, I, Jonathan, can you search? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this aloud. Can you go into our new system and just search Sizzler? <laughs> Sizzler. I don't think I'm we, familiar with this. We had a, oh, we, had like a we had a hot stove uh, sounder at one point. And Creepiest it, hot stove sounder in the country. What was the restaurant? Because that was from a Sizzler, promo right? video. There was from a the Sizzler. There was a Sizzler, Sizzler yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Sizzler. Yeah, they, there was this weird promo. They had the best video. salad bar. Love the Sizzler salad yeah. bar. Well, Jonathan looks for that because it's going to be worth putting into our repertoire. I love a good salad bar, by the way. Right? I feel like the salad bar sort of died. Has it? I feel like there's no longer the salad bar quality of yeah, salad bars. Yeah, because people don't like sharing food. And yeah, it never bothered me. Tongs and things. <laughs> people like, people never are much me. more conscious about I know. spreading germs now than they've ever been. And I like, I'll, I'll go, and I'm a germaphobe. Is it just listed creepy sizzler? Hit play and let's see. Okay, hold on. Yeah. I gotta put it in the button bar here. I bet it is. Give me one second. Let's take your time. This. Oh my god. Oh, this is the full thing. Sizzler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sizzler. That's what terrifying. Is that? 
What, what is that? that? Is that from the promo? That's from a Sizzler commercial for the restaurant? Okay. John, then go to go to YouTube or Google and just type in uh, Sizzler commercial. I felt like there was a Sizzler sound, though, that we didn't get right there. That was it. But wasn't and there we a... chopped it shorter. Was, okay. Sizzler. Sizzler. Yeah, we used to play it, and people would be like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> The winter meetings, man. What did I just? You play? never know what's going to happen. I don't know, dude. You played it. The call is coming from inside the meetings. Yeah. Well, okay. Search, oh, search for oh the, the Sizzler promo video or the you Sizzler as commercial. As I am, Rami. Yeah. Oh, come on, you guys. Well, the music toughen up. The music threw me off. I don't even know what's happening there. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Can I float a take by you guys real quick? Come back. I think that's what we do. Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> so we've uh, we've all been on the. D'Angelo Russell, ever since those rumors came out last summer, right? D'Angelo Russell, the, the Timberwolves almost swung a trade for him. Huh? The Warriors swooped in. And uh, according to our friend Doogie, they could, the, I think in like four days, the window opens up again and you're allowed to trade for Sunday. guys who. So you could you could trade for D'Angelo Russell next week if the Warriors decided, all right, oh, we're good. Yeah, let's, let's continue our tanking venture and let's get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be on board to uh, bring D'Angelo Russell here, but... Right now, if if we're going to do this thing with Andrew Wiggins, which I did for four years, which is look at where he ranks as a as a player, and just look at like look at all the context. He's not that good of a player. Here's the measurements. D'Angelo Russell is kind of the same thing in terms of like player efficiency rating and some of the just the all encompassing numbers that you would look at. D'Angelo Russell this season is putting up his second best ever. Uh, I'm just going to say. Advanced metrics season. Okay. okay, I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna get into the weeds with you guys. So this is his second best season according to advanced metrics, and he's 180th out of 215 in the NBA. Hmm. He's one of those dudes that needs 25 shots to score 25 points. Uh, he's a volume scorer. He gets a lot of three point buckets, but he only shoots 35 percent from downtown. So I think what I'm saying is, D'Angelo Russell is overrated. Is it? A case where he's young enough that the Timberwolves brought him into their system and played him with Carl Anthony Towns and just had a just a better uh, Batman that he's ever uh, that he's ever played with before that they would be able to get something out of him that maybe he hasn't been able to give in his career to this point in three different stops. Um, I think he's kind of overrated, and I think we've probably been fixated on someone that isn't the franchise saver that even this version of Andrew Wiggins is. Your thoughts? And his time with the Lakers, he was he was he was a bust. He was generally regarded as a bust. I think they, what was it, the second or third pick in the draft that they used on him? He was highly drafted mm-hmm. and did nothing for them to the point where they basically let him go for next to nothing yeah. to the New Jersey. I'm still saying New Jersey. To the Brooklyn Nets. And you're right, Phil. Those numbers there, not all that impressive when you talk about the hype and the the the, the fear that, that surrounded him when he was a free agent this offseason. It doesn't match up, and I fell into it, too. I think I just bought into the hype that everybody wanted D'Angelo Russell. He was a hot commodity on the free agent market, and I think I, I think I bought in. Probably, probably not so smart in doing so. I don't know. Maybe he's not it's, the player we all thought there, he was. Is there something that they could unlock here, like, like we just t- talked about? But though? I mean, is that is they've, that unlo- they've unlocked Andrew Wiggins. You're to trading. Some you're trading for a guy with a max contract who you feel you need to unlock. That's. That's that's not that's not an efficient way of running an organization. You give a max contract to a guy who's unlocked. So are you saying that you, you know is going to deliver on a certain level? Are you saying level? that you wouldn't do it? 
I, I mean, I'd see what they're asking for. I'll listen to to if if the Warriors want to trade D'Angelo Russell, I'll listen. I'll mm-hmm. see what they're asking for, but I'm not going head over heels to try and get this guy in a Wolves uniform based on what Phil just said. I get that they play different positions, but Andrew Wiggins is a better player right now, and I don't even know if it's all that close than D'Angelo Russell is right now. This now you could make the case that. Yeah, but D'Angelo Russell is playing with a bunch of G-leaguers and an organization that has gone into tank mode now. Steph Curry's hurt. Uh, he's also he, he's been banged up too. He hasn't played. He, I think he's only played like 13 games or something. So you can make that case as well. But I don't know. I think I, I'm just sort of checking myself as I was all aboard the D'Angelo Russell wagon coming off that Brooklyn All-Star season last year. And, uh, and that was before we saw Andrew Wiggins 2.0. I would just be a little bit careful going crazy on a guy that's been it'll it'll have been his fourth team as well in yeah, like 6 years. That's true. How many players four teams in 6 years are franchise saving or uh you know deep in playoffs caliber guys, right? Like I don't think he's going to be franchise saving, but I think the conversation is does he does he does he get here and take a step forward and also help stabilize things here. The problem here is that outside of probably a couple players, maybe 3 Right now, you just know that the personnel does not fit the system. And they're not going to... The system is the system. That's not going to change. So I guess my question, as we examine the Wolves' uh, potential long longer term, is this. How quickly can you get guys in who at least come closer to fitting what you're trying to do? Because as you watch this team now, how many guys do you watch on the Wolves currently and think, that guy definitely fits? It's a pretty small list, I think. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, Robert Covington, and now there's rumors that Robert Covington's being sought after. They're going to have to make that decision. Like, the Rockets are knocking on the door for Covington. Yeah, he told me he would not be surprised if they traded Covington. Because he's a valuable... You could probably think about the way Covington would fit with the Rockets or, like, the Lakers or somebody that's vying for a championship, right? I mean, Robert Covington, you could probably... You could probably get twice as much value for a guy like that And he's not a kid, too. Yeah. Is he going to be around in three years right. when you're looking to peak? He fits the system, but does he fit the timeline for and, the Wolves? Or, yeah. is he, or are you better off trading him for assets that better fit your system and your timeline? You're the, probably better off trading him. The answer is probably yes to the latter. Yeah. So I uh, just want to something to keep an eye on because I know that people are uh, like John Krasinski and a couple others are, and people are tweeting this at Matt Cheetah just tweeted this at us that uh, the people are misinterpreting the Adrian Wojnarowski segment from yesterday in which he said the Timberwolves are looking for point guards. And then he brought up D'Angelo Russell. They were in the market for last year. Kyle Lowry is a guy that he could was be out spitballing there. yesterday. He was spitballing. But at the same time, if the Wolves were that close and that interested in D'Angelo Russell a few months ago, and he's available to be traded for again here shortly, and the Warriors are willing to listen, like you can put two and two together. So are you pro- saying no now, Phil? I'd love to see more of this Wiggins. I don't, cause I don't think you, like, you don't have to make a deal for Russell, like, oh, the window's open in four days. You could let it slow cook until the end of the season if you wanted to. Right. If, if this is the Wiggins that continues throughout this season, I think it's less imperative that you trade for another high priced player that's kind of a project, which is sort of what D'Angelo, like, he, D'Angelo Russell is not a finished project. You'd have to work on him to get him to be more efficient. And if they've already got one that they're kind of working on and it's working, um, is there a better way to spend your money? I mean, that's another thing, too. If this is the Wiggins that you get at the end of the season, do you look to trade him? Where are you at with that right now? Because you've been saying, John, I need a full season. Well, we've seen 
We've seen, what, a quarter of a season so far. Yeah, whenever we've talked about a resurgence, a reclamation of Andrew Wiggins, in your eyes, it was just to trade him. It was Where to am I right now? His so, value. He, so, so here's, let me set the scene here. So Andrew Wiggins sure. through 19 games. Because I'll give you a, a visual in one second. He's averaging 24.5 points per game. Sure. I don't think anything Phil says right now matters to Judd. Career high. Mm-hmm. Five rebounds a game. Career high. Up his mind. Three and a half assists per game. Career high. That's really good. One and a half blocks. My career was? high. 45% field goal. Ties a career high. And uh, he's also shooting 73% from the free throw line. The best in three years. And playing some of the best defense we've ever seen him play. He's more engaged than we've ever seen him before. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out if I want to make phone calls or text people on this one. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I'm just searching through Utah Jazz. Text. You always text first. Okay, Utah Jazz. I could text them. Now I got the Spurs. Ah, the Spurs aren't going to want him. Okay. Well, actually, the Spurs. If, if the Spurs, Spurs if, if the Spurs want him, you should you should keep him yourself. Actually, you should text the Spurs to see if Pop takes the bait, and if he does, you pull Andrew Wiggins off the trade table. Pop, how are you doing? That's what I would do. I would just see. Uh, I'd use like Greg Popovich as a. You're just gonna. For, you're just gonna gauge it all like like you went off a of Belichick possibly yeah. with the Patriots. You're just gonna gauge it all off a of Pop. <laughs> Yeah, Pop wants him. Let's pull him off the market. <laughs> uh, so you're, uh, you are you still need to see more than 19 games then, huh, Judd? I am still very much on my phone. Yep. Yep. Right. Hey, listen, this is, this is, and this is not surprising, but the confirmation has come. It's the long play, right? This is the long play. This is not going to be that. The start was fun. The start was great. But the start is not them. The start has now been balanced out by the correction to that that start which comes in basically a lot of basketball and hockey seasons and now you can see that this is going to take some time which is not surprising yeah with this roster you can't watch these games and say I'm really I'm shocked by the regression um hot stove uh, nothing has uh, has moved for the twins in the time since we started the show here but uh, I just saw Jonathan- John Morosi tweet that uh the Dodgers would be a good fit for Nolan Arenado don't the Dodgers have enough good position players I don't even know where they're putting these guys. I mean, anymore. Justin Turner's getting pretty old, and they could use something younger at third base. I'll take Justin Turner off your hands. Sizzler. There it is. It's back. That's our hot. That's our new hot stove. I forgot right about there. it. Sizzler. And then we play it. Yeah, this is okay. Sizzler. Now it's back. I think I found where this thing came from, and it's from like a promotional commercial yes. that yes, was used internally. 100%, yeah. It's like five minutes long. Yes. But Let's not play the whole thing. No, 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 no. Here's the. I say we do. I think I've got the the last little bit here. I say we do it at five fifty five. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Here's the last little bit. You guys want it? Please. Let's here do we it. go. Okay. Sizzler. Oh, so you, oh, so so we put creepy music behind it. Yes. That's what. The, yeah. Oh. Okay. It used to be so funny. Yeah. We did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We so did. you guys put that music behind it. That's what was confusing me in my searches. Everything I came up with was just the. Oh my god. Sizzler. It works. Totally fits. So creepy. Like I was so typing good. in Sizzler Halloween commercial, couldn't find it. I was only finding this thing. Uh, never been to a Sizzler. Somebody will die never at the winter meetings. No. I've never been to one either. Really? Actually, Where you know what they? we could? I think what we could do. What? Combine combine that with, with your Keith Morrison voice and do murder at the winter <laughs> meetings. Uh, see. Oh. <laughs>
The contractor, no, they're still in business. Garrett Cole, nine years, $324 million. It'll buy you a lot of houses. <laughs> it's a store body. You might say that's a killing. Scissor. What had happened to Brian Cashman? <laughs> Coming up next. <laughs> it looks like Brian Cashman murdered it at the Winter Meeting. <laughs> <laughs> you could combine my it'd be great my wife and i could watch tv together then combine i operation id channel with the baseball winter meetings why might the marlins trade freddie rosario well some might say he slayed it in september <laughs> What happened to this show? It's gone. Yeah, it's gone at this point. <laughs> Did you have it's fun? Gone. You have fun while it lasted? <laughs> it's gone at this point. It's been a good run, boys. Yep. Um, okay, did I, see, did I see a note, speaking of uh, hot stove and baseball, did I see a note from Judd today that said Major League Baseball and salary cap in the same sentence? Yeah. Uh, Explain I, yourself. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Garrett Cole contract. There are... I think we're all probably in agreement on this. There are probably, what, four teams that could do that contract? Three teams, if they so desired. Yeah, Dodgers. Dodgers for sure. could. Uh, the Yankees obviously did it. Angels, maybe some years. I think if they want to, the Red Sox. Cubs, some years, but not right now. Mm-hmm. But it's a very small list. And so my question, you know, I sent both you guys today for show prep was is the Garrett Cole contract. Good for baseball, or, or is this, as far as the fan base goes throughout all of baseball, screaming for a cap of some sort? Because if you don't feel like your team has a chance to compete, is that fun? And and if we're talking about the young fan, right, trying to get the young fan engaged in baseball, I think it's important that that young fan who has seen salary caps now in all of their favorite sports, aside from baseball, has the feeling that their team can compete. Uh, so I wasn't just saying out of nowhere salary cap. I was saying if baseball wants to get to a competitive standpoint where fans of, you know, Tampa Bay can say, hey, my team's got a chance, is a salary cap a good idea? It will. I mean, in, in theory, it'd be great. But in practice, it's it's just completely impractical because unlike in the NBA or the NFL where a large chunk of the money is these national TV deals that bring in, like the NFL's TV deals alone and their rights partnerships bring in billions of dollars. And there's and it's all national telecasts, right? All the games are on Fox national platforms or CBS, and then they're distributed to local markets. It's, like, it's all this national money that gets split up, and that's why a franchise like the Green Bay Packers can compete in the same arena as the New York Giants. In baseball... Most of the revenue, or at least a much larger percentage, is coming from local sources, local TV deals, local merchandise, etc. And so, good luck getting the Yankees. Like, I just found this on Forbes here. So, the Yankees brought in almost $700 million in gross revenue last year. The Twins brought in, like, a quarter of that, or a third of that, because it's a much smaller market than New York. It's a, it, the TV deal's not the same because of the viewership. Uh, the Yankees are selling a lot more merchandise because of the Yankees brand and because there's more people in New York, et cetera. Why would the Yankees, Phillies, Red Sox, Dodgers, all of those top markets, even the Cubs, the White Sox, Chicago size markets, 
why would they sign up to say, yeah, let's uh, let's put a, let's put an even salary cap across the league, which would then mean also that like more revenue sharing to the lower market teams. I don't think like, the there's players no would agree to it. I don't think those higher those larger market teams would agree to it. I I I go back and forth as to whether or not it be it it would be good for baseball, but I think at the end of the day, it's it's kind of a moot point. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I do think. I mean, you level the playing field a little bit, and we're seeing the luxury tax do that to a degree. That's why teams like the Red Sox are trying to trade Mookie Betts. They don't. They they want to stay out of the luxury tax. It's become a deterrent from really ridiculously large payrolls. But has it even the has it level the playing field to the point where the Twins can compete with the Dodgers and Yankees of the world? No, and I, I don't know what the solution is to give everybody a fair shot from a financial standpoint, but I, I don't think that a salary cap is something that's going to happen in Major League Baseball. I'll phrase it this way, then. Is the Garrett Cole contract good for baseball? Um, It's good for the Yankees. It's good for baseball. Well, that's a really good question. Nice job. Thank you. Hold on a second. I think Taking it's... Taking a bow. Well I, th- I think it is. I think it's good for baseball in that it makes the Yankees more hateable. <laughs> it gives baseball a storyline. You know, baseball is at its most intriguing, and all sports are really. Like, people always rag on dynasties and the LeBron Heat, and but when baseball has a team like that that you can just gnash your teeth and say, "God dang it!" Now the Yankees have Stanton and they've got Judge. They're back to being the evil empire. They're 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 looking to buy championships again, right? I find that storyline to be really compelling because now I want someone to kick their ass. I want someone. Garrett Cole's going to go out there having sold his soul to the Yankees. He's going to shave the beard. He's going to get a haircut. He's going to be spick and span Garrett Cole. He's gone already. And I'm, picture today. And I hope he gets pounded by a they smaller still have market the team no in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. In 2019. Well, All right. Southern hemisphere of your face. You okay. can't have facial No, he hair. shaved. You can keep the. Uh, you can keep a stash? You can keep the stash. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, if he wants to keep the stash, he's welcome. So you do think it's good, though? I think it's good because in terms of, of the interest. Storyline. Yeah. Right. Like, if he, if he signs with the Braves or something, it's not interesting, right? But if he signs, quite frankly, if he signs with the Twins, it's interesting for us, but nationally, it's not that interesting. But because he signed with the Yankees, here's another. Ooh, interesting. This ooh, is good whoa. news if you're a Twins fan. Sizzler. Whoa. Hold on a second here. That's, uh... This is good news. Reckless speculation. Dodgers and Indians in serious trade talks for Francisco Lindor. The Dodgers are in on everybody. Cleveland wants out, boys. Cleveland wants out. They've been trying for two years to piece out of that division for two years, and they can't do it. So this, and I think this would do it, don't you? Wow. So, oh yeah, if they trade Lindor, it's it's a fire sale. Yep, for sure. So you could probably go snipe some of their pitching. Well, Kluber's gonna be gone. Kluber, Kluber's gone then. There'd be. No reason to trade Lindor and keep Kluber, would there? But again, like this is you know this is rich getting richer. But Francisco Lindor, I get that they're not looking to actively trade him within. Uh, they'd like to trade him to the other league first, first and foremost, and uh, in the divisions, almost a non-starter. But the currency by which the Dodgers would acquire Francisco Lindor is prospects, and the, and that's the playing field the Twins. It's level four, right? The Twins prospect playing field. Is actually probably more fruitful than like have, twenty-five have, teams in the league. They have deep pockets in that department. They do. The Dodgers do as well. They always do, and they've got a smart front office. But you know, that's like th- this is the type. When when Garrett Cole signs with the Yankees, when I think when I put myself in the in the shoes of Twins fans and the Twins front office, I just have to shrug my shoulders and be like, well, I mean, 
$324 million blows away the previous record for guaranteed money for a pitcher. $324 million, nine years. I don't expect the Twins to pay $350 million. And even if the Twins offer $350, like the Yankees can, the Yankees have more money. But when I see Dodgers and Indians in serious trade talks for Lindor, and the Dodgers are willing to give up, let's say, two or three of their top prospects, that's the type of trade that we should criticize the Twins for not making if they don't pull the trigger on in the next nine months or so. If like That's the type of trade you should be looking to make. Or maybe they heard Lindor is on the trade block. They sent that text and got a text in return, not trading him in the division. Could be. That's always a possibility. But there's other players out there. There's other, I mean, Nolan Arenado. That's your like rock. I was going to say, that's exactly that trade. The Colorado trade is, is it would hurt. It'd be a lot, but it's a doable trade. Yeah. And you know, he has a no trade clause, but Nolan Arenado doesn't mind playing in cold weather stadiums that don't have a roof. Go get him, baby. He just signed an extension to do so in agent? Colorado. Are you Go get him, baby. Just saying. Did you work out the contract? Mackie and Jeb with Rami, score north on the score north app. In other news coming up, and if any other hot stove things come across, we got you covered here. Jonathan here with the Score North download. A reminder, the Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com in the Score North mobile app, which is free for the time being, according to Rami. Or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. Adam Schefter. Reporting out earlier today, barring a setback in practice this week, Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen is expected to return to the lineup Sunday against the Chargers after missing the past four games due to a hamstring injury per league sources, according to Adam Schefter. So, Vikings fans, do you want to see Adam Thielen this weekend, or would you rather see him sit a little bit longer and just wait for the playoffs? Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Romney. In other news. Ah, yes, in other news. Midweek, mid-show, time to take a break from all that hard-hitting sports talk and the sizzler that we bring you here on Score North and bring you some of the more weird and wacky news from around the world, including uh, from Canada. Oh, no, excuse me, from Hollywood. And uh, I've had a theory for a while. I'm not the only one. It's it's a theory that's out there among conspiracy theorists, social media, etc., you guys think Stevie Wonder can see? <laughs> yes, yes, dude. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Okay. yes dude, my suspicions were confirmed 15 years ago. Uh-huh. Pistons in the NBA Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. And I want to say the series, I can't remember if it started in Detroit, but the first game back in Detroit, and Stevie Wonder uh-huh. was there for the for the pregame ceremony, and they put Stevie Wonder courtside. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got onto this theory because there's a Deadspin article about it, and it lists all the reasons why they think Stevie Wonder is did not you ever blind, see, and did, it's amazing. Did you ever see the video from the Kennedy Center Honors show a few years ago when Paul McCartney is running, yes. he's running across stage, he knocks over a mic stand, and Stevie Wonder reaches out and catches it? <laughs> no, I, yes. I have the video what? on my computer screen right here, and then I'll tell you why this came up today. Look at that! Hold on, do it again. Hold on. It's Look, expanded, 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 expanded. Okay, expanded. hold on. Expanded and turn around quick. Hold on one. Play by play here. All, All right. right. This is great. Okay. Steve- so, so knocks over the mic stand. Stevie Wonder <laughs> just catches it. reaches he, out his hand and catches it, it and puts it back up. <laughs> so I've had this theory for a while. By the way, I've also heard multiple people say that Stevie Wonder has TVs everywhere in his house. Like, 
to, to Phil's point, why is he sitting courtside? Why does he have TVs everywhere? Well, Lionel Richie, good friend of Stevie Wonder's, was on the uh, Kelly Clarkson show, which I guess is a thing, and says, I'm going to tell you something. I've been spending my whole life with him thinking he can see. I know he can see. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the story I tell that's the funniest. I went to his house. He says, want to hear a new song? I've got it in the car. Come on, go with me. They go out to the car in the driveway. He says, you sit on the passenger side. I'll sit on the driver's side. That's when something shocking happened. He cranks up the car. He puts the tape in, right? And then he does this. Turns around and starts driving. So he, he puts his hand on the passenger side seat, what? looks behind him, and starts backing down the driveway. And uh, Lionel Richie said he screamed, Stevie, what are you doing? And he said, I got you, didn't I? Stevie Wonder can see, man. Stevie Wonder can see. That doesn't make him any less a musician. You, you can give up. You can give it up, Stevie. We all know you can see, and we'll all still love you. Dude, I'll still love Stevie Wonder, even if he can see. Actually, if 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 the blind thing has been his hook for like fifty or sixty years, how how old is Stevie Wonder now? Seventy, so like fi- fifty there, yeah. years, something 60s, like that. Seventies. There's a lot of there. there's a lot of really good. Me- In fact, the other night, I even Instagrammed about this and, and tweeted about this. So I was thinking the other night, I was watching this guy perform. Uh, like a uh, local singer songwriter guy who incredible. Like if you were on the voice and you had your chair turned, one of those guys that you totally like hit the button and turn your chair. Like that guy's got a voice, right? right. Mm-hmm. There's tens of thousands of people out there with golden voices, right? Who we never hear of because they don't have the hook, right? What's the hook, right? What gets you above the fray from a marketing standpoint? Yeah, man, this would be the most genius hook. Hold ever. on a second. Then if that's the case, I heard years and years ago too. That I want to say Stevie Wonder supposedly lost his sense of smell in a car accident at some point in time, too. So he was blind and couldn't and didn't have a sense of smell. Do you guys think the whole thing's a ruse? It's possible. I worked with a guy back in Milwaukee. Because that'd be a hook. You're saying that he's a... Uh, he's, that'd be a hook and then another hook. Well, lying about your sense of smell, that'd be a great... Be a great guys, guys. Can't smell the pot roast. Oh, shocking. Shocking. I worked with a guy back in Milwaukee. He hosts the uh, the Brewers post-game show that they do there. His name is Tim Allen. Love the dude. Good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Mentor of mine. Different Tim Allen. Okay. Um, but he's He's blind. And I've told this story to him, so I'm not making accusations behind his back. He's a blind man, and it's amazing what he does in breaking down a baseball game that he can't actually see, just by listening and getting secondhand info from people who he's watching with. But one night, I'm standing out, we're waiting for the game to end, listening to it on the radio, standing outside the station, and he's having a cigarette. This dude flicks his cigarette up in the air, then takes his walking cane and hits it what? like Mr. Perfect, spitting no. out a piece of gum what? and slapping it with his hand. I kid you not. What? And from that night on. Great pull on the Mr. Perfect. Thank you. Though. I've wondered, like, is this dude, is he messing with us all? Is this his hook? Is this, is this, okay. is this now, how he got in the radio? No, if he does the Tiger Woods thing and grabs a nine iron and a golf ball and does the tap the ball but up in the air thing. air. He What'd you say his, to him? He flicked it. I went, how'd you do that, dude? I was like, are you are you messing with me? Yeah. Are, have you been messing with us this whole time? And he's like, no, just... I mean, you do develop the other senses. When sure. you lose oh, one it. or two, you develop but the other senses. How do you senses. hit the cigarette? I don't know to this day how he That's did it. That's not another sense. No, I don't know, man. I don't know. Dude, and he hit it? He hit it. In Whacked it. News. It's amazing. And the mystery, the mystery continues. The mystery continues. In other news, this is from Fox 4 Now in Lee County, Florida. 
home of the Twin Spring Training Facility. <laughs> Shocking it comes from Florida. Deputies have charged a, it says Fort Myers man, but I'm going to say a Florida man for impersonating an officer. After reports, he operated his Bentley as if he were a cop. 30-year-old Christopher DeLuke is charged with felony falsif- uh, uh, falsely impersonating a law enforcement officer and had his vehicle seized. <laughs> According to the Lee County Sheriff's Office, deputies received reports that he was operating his 2009 Bentley in a reckless manner, utilizing a police siren and lights to maneuver around traffic and to intimidate others. In a Rolls Royce? In a Bentley. Oh, in a Bentley? He also reportedly attempted uh, to traffic stop a motorist utilizing lights and sirens, but drove off at a high rate of speed when the citizen pulled over. A search warrant was served at his little gem circle home, and he was taken into custody. So this guy, first of all, if you ever get pulled over by a Bentley, <laughs> that's, your, that's yeah, your first clue, right? Exactly. <laughs> what cop yeah. is rolling in a Bentley? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that there's been some issues with, uh, you know, budget cuts <laughs> among police departments, but whatever the police department is that, that's rolling in Bentleys, I want to know. That's, that's your first mistake. So this guy was impersonating a police officer in a Bentley and some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's like one of those 1970s, like the one light that you put on the top of you the, can buy those. the car. Yeah, you can buy those. I went to I've, high school with I a dude give, who did this thing too. I'd love arrested. to have one of those. <laughs> streets, for traffic? streets of San Francisco? No, just to like roll around town with it. Put it on top. Just take off. Be amazing. We're going to bring Pat in for this next story here. Whatever right. Judd has. Uh, Royce, you're going to be part guy, of in other uh, news here. Yeah. And this guy might be a candidate for one of those silver alerts down in southwest Florida. <laughs> you, know, we get the, you know, all those guys are always buying or driving 2004 Lycans when they're, uh, you know, the Alzheimer's guy who goes and decides he's got to take a spin around the block and he, they don't find him for three hours and then we get the silver alert. So. That's uh, that's uh, we we don't get the uh, amber alerts down there. We get the silver alerts, which took me, Patrick, which took me and Don for a good hour because we saw that on on the you know roadside deal, and we're like, what yep. the hell is a silver alert? And we finally she Googled it. And it's like hey, it's for old people who get lost. Yeah, right. It's the uh, it's the guy who's got to lose dementia, and he's not supposed to be driving, but he sees the Plymouth out there and says, "Damn, I'm going." What what they can do about it, and uh, but you never see a Prius in an Amber Alert. <laughs> never, they're always a big old long, long cars. So. Uh, gentlemen, uh, by the way, that was in other news, our uh, weekly yeah. island for wacky <laughs> stories. So, Pat, this news for all you guys. This just came across here. The Jeff Passan from ESPN has some free agency news. So Blake Trinan was one of the best yeah. relievers in baseball a couple of years ago. He was an all-star. He was lights out. And then uh, his second half was off the rails last year. And the A's non-tendered him, so he became a free yeah. agent a couple weeks ago. How much would you guys say, what, what, what would be a fair one-year deal for Blake Trinan in your mind? I saw this. I saw the contract. Uh, $12 million. Yeah, he got $10 million from the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> for, Dodgers? Being, for being a non-tender. <laughs> yep. Wow. It's a great time in America to be a pitcher. And the good thing is you no longer have to be a left-handed pitcher. You can be a right-handed pitcher. But uh, as I said, we're all firing up uh, with the Twins fans here. We're all excited because tomorrow's the Rule 5 draft, and who knows? we might There might be another Johan in there that uh, the Twins end up with.
Very right? exciting. Yep. I can't tell you the number of times I went to the winter meetings, spread horse crap all over all over for four days about oh the twins are in on this and the twins are gonna do this and we came home with a rule five guy like Brian Cowitz or somebody <laughs> like that. So you know, the rule five guys. You spend your whole week down there, you're urinating away the company's money, you know. Eating big, drinking big, and uh, come home with a Rule 5 draft. Uh, J.R. Sure. Graham was a wonderful Rule 5 draft yes, for the Twins. Right. I, but I was from the Calvin era when they uh, when they did even worse with the Rule 5 guys. So. <laughs> what did you think so of the Garrett I, Cole contract? I, uh, that one gave me pause. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> the Strasburg one, I said, hmm. That one gave me pause. That's thirty-seven or thirty-eight. It's thirty-eight million a year, isn't it? I was trying to do the math. Seven is, uh, yeah, I think it's 38, thirty-eight, thirty-six, something Maybe like that. It's I don't know. Thirty-seven. Oh, whatever it is, it's a, it's hefty, man alive. And wasn't it two years ago that the Yankees were very concerned about getting over es- getting over the escrow point? They wanted to keep her at one eighty-five or whatever it was going to be. And they, uh, you know, they were they were concerned about that, and apparently Hank decided he was no longer concerned. Huh? What are they going to do when they got to pay some of these other guys? What are they going to do when they got to pay Judge? Wow, what? I mean, unbelievable. Apparently, they yeah. just have an endless pool of money. Pat, the, we heard a report. Well, yeah, but they, uh, they you know, when you start paying a, a dollar. You know, for every dollar over, you got to start paying a dollar. And that gets, uh, this contract is, uh, 324 plus probably, uh, at, in a couple of years, it's probably $20 million a year extra for the, uh, being over the escrow number. So. Pat, there was a report yesterday that there might be two hurdles in acquiring Madison Bumgarner, location and league. And I, I, I had an idea this morning or this afternoon on the Score North Twins show. We can't do anything about we no, we can't do anything about the location, and I don't think that the twins have the power to just switch leagues or bring the DH over to the National League. So my solution is really quite a simple one. Let him bat. If he wants to bat, let him bat. I would uh, at least promise to get him 50 at-bats. I'd get him. He could pitch hit. I, I agree with you. I'd, uh, and, and on certain occasions, he can, you know, if you want to give Nelly yes. a day off, if you want to give Nelly a day off, let him be angry about pitching. What if you told him this? All right, here's where I'll meet you guys halfway because Madison Bumgarner is a one seventy three. He's terrible, okay? But here's what I promise. Here's what I promise Mad Bum. This is where I'll meet you guys halfway. When the game is out of hand one way or the other, all right, Mad Bum? Eight runs, seven runs, one way or the other, we will get you at bats late in those games. You'll get to take your hacks and blow out games. You know what I kept saying, maybe just to myself, but I kept thinking when they were talking about it, he's going to stay in the National League. He wants to hit. He's goofy, and he wants to hit. I I think he's – I'm not surprised at all to hear that uh, he wants to stay in the National League. Now that, but but who are the big bidders there? Maybe the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers. Dodgers, Dodgers. are trying to get everybody. Literally anybody and everybody who's available via free agency and trade. Yeah, the Dodgers are on the phone for them. Garrett Cole just broke up with them, and they are on the rampage. 
Well, it's uh, interesting because, you know, what a terrible place to play, L.A. you got to put up with all those 68-degree evenings uh, out there. <laughs> and, when it and, it, and it once rained there like five years ago during the summer. So, you know, and, it, and you also get to go to one of the great ballparks in America where they are spending $200 million even as we speak to remodel it. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know. If I had my choice between New York and the Dodgers, I would uh, go with the Dodgers. Uh, All right. Times out of All right. Since, 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 I don't since, want the 405. Since Pat... Reckless speculation. Since we have now roped Pat over the last few weeks into our uh, reckless speculation trap, there's a story out today from John Heyman, MLB Network. I don't know why... I don't know why the, the Rockies would do this, but the Rockies are telling teams they are willing to listen on Arenado. He's 27... He's under contract for like six or seven years. He's a Hall of Fame caliber player. I but, I, I call him and I offer Royce Lewis. Well, he can get out in two years, A. And B, why not get Rondon and not have to, you know, not have to give up prospects? You know, if 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 it's if how much are you inheriting with Arenado? Almost uh, two hundred, right? In terms of his contract, it's thirty yeah. thirty five million a year. Yep. Thirty-five million a year. Go get Rendon for twenty-eight a year, thirty a year, and uh, and uh, you know not have to give up the prospects, and you know, and then you don't have to worry about the guy backing out on you two years from now too. So, but I love Arenado, but yeah, I give him Royce Lewis for him, but I don't want to give him four guys, which is what they probably want for. Him. Go get your guy Chapman. Well, yeah, I know. That was a Royce plan. I didn't get that. That was my plan A for third baseman. But I'll take Rendon. (laughs) I'd love to watch. Instead of going to 23 games a year, I'd go to 40 a year if I could watch him hit every night. See right there, I told you. You get your season tickets back. I love that. Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> let's, let's not get all my partners either died or quit. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, that doesn't work anymore. So. Do you like Dylan Batansis? Because the Twins are being tied to him too. Uh, well, when he's healthy, but what he pitched last year, five games. Yeah, but, almost nothing. I don't know. He doesn't have. Uh, he doesn't have. Uh, Social issues, does he? He he hasn't had any bad stuff. Oh, he just been injured, right? Yeah, yeah. He was hurt last year. Sometimes I get confused with those Yankee relievers. uh, Which ones? uh, The Yankee pitchers. Which one beat beat their wives or not? Aroldis Chapman, not a good guy. I think I think Patances and uh, Diego Herman. Yeah, he's a bad guy too. Not a good human. But by by the way, he's got a pretty good arm, and he'll be back next year, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He'll get reinstated. Yeah, I mean, he, they didn't. They didn't pitch him for what four months or something. But uh, yeah, that, that could be a pretty good rotation. There's no doubt about it. All right, Pat. Here's the most important question for you from today's show. Are you buying that Stevie Wonder's blind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always suspected those guys, but uh, I, I, no, I, I think so. Probably, I think so. It, it gives apparently it gives you a good ear, right? Yes, your other sentence, yeah. uh, senses are heightened. The other senses when, yes. are good, like uh, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, and Don Vogel, greatest impersonator of all time. You know, used to be on our station. 
He was, you know, his, his slogan, let a fat man drive you home. I've let a fat blind man drive you home. So uh, that was, uh, you know, he was. Uh, now, the thing about Vogel, he was no longer with us. Listen to him on the radio. Don't go to dinner with him. Uh, very, very sloppy eater. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I know that from experience. I, I don't know. Stevie might be a much more, uh, you know, uh, Dignified eater than Johnny was. That's dignified. Sure. <laughs> Eating a Murray's uh, butter knife steak with his fingers is not, uh, you know, not, not my idea of a polite uh, dinner mate, but uh, hell of a guy. Pat, at a later date, because we only have thirty seconds left, we'll get the uh, we'll get your full story for Rami and the audience about driving him home one night. But we'll we have to do it at a different day. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we will do it a different day. All, All right. right. Let's, yeah, get, let's get Rendon the hell of there. Come on, Rendon. Come out. All right, see you, Pat. Yeah, Pat has a story about driving Mr. Vogel home one night after Mr. Vogel had, uh, I think, a couple too many Been cocktails. Over-served. Couldn't Couldn't accurately describe how to get <laughs> how to get home. <laughs> where, yeah. where do you live? Yeah. Oh, it's a... It's, there's a light. There's just a porch light on. It's a classic Royce. Before GPS, remind us, and we'll. Uh, we'll that was the other story. thing about my former coworker who's blind. I would drive him often. We lived in the same neighborhood, and he would know where we are. He's like, "What are we turning on Ryan Street here?" I'm like, "How do you know this? Was he fully blind, or, could, you- or could he see a little, enough to?" Like, perhaps you bought into something that wasn't fully the truth, but not no, fully. No, I think al- he was fully blind. He is fully blind. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you're uh, trying to help here, if you want the full Stevie Wonder conversation, go back and find our podcast, Mackie and Jub with Rami, Spotify, Apple, and the Score North app. And the Score North Twin Show has been rocking all week for your hot stove fix. See you guys tomorrow. Everything's getting more expensive these days gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash bestmusic to get Live One Plus now. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.